0: What's going on? My name is Rebecca Walker and you are listening to the Life in Sports podcast, the show where we hear stories from dope individuals making huge waves in the sports industry. This season is all about running and we're going to be hearing from athletes, sports coaches, footwear designers, community leaders and more to learn about their life in sports. Today we are joined by the founder of Random Crew. He's an athlete. He's a community leader. He's a DJ, and he's a poet. Um, we just want to say thank you for joining us, Charlie Dark.
1: Hello, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you doing?
1: I'm really good. Really, really good. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much again for joining. That we're really excited to kind of delve into your story. Um, I feel like there's so much substance to you um, that informs like a lot of stuff that you're doing and what you have done in the past. What kind of word or phrase has described your journey so far? So, as I said, that you know you're a founder of Random Crew, you're an athlete, but I guess what word or phrase has propelled you to this point um, at this at this present time?
1: Renaissance man
0: renaissance man Ooh, interesting tell us delve delve a bit deeper into the word renaissance man
1: um i i think it was a a term that was coined many 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 years ago but kind of i remember when i was growing up in the 80s that was a a name that was kind of given to people that we knew who had been who had managed to escape the neighborhood and had been able to pivot
0: when you say pivot
1: pivot people who can pivot into different professions and opportunities
0: Oh wow, wow, and that's, that's exactly what you've done. I mean, honestly, I don't even think I've even like listed out fully what you do because you're also a mentor as well. Yeah. But that is that's really interesting. So, from what age roughly, like, would you say that this idea of becoming a Renaissance man really kicked in?
1: I'd say from from about the age of sixteen. Sixteen. Onwards. Yeah, from sixteen onwards.
0: And what was it that you started doing that kind of really kickstarted it?
1: I got sent to Ghana.
0: Ah, can you explain or are you like happy to share why you got sh- yeah, yeah. sent I'm, to Ghana? I'm,
1: I'm, I'm over the trauma now. <laughs> <laughs> I got sent to Ghana three times in the 80s during my teens. Then I think I got sent around, first around about 83, then around 85 I went, 85, 86. And basically what happened is I found a record in a market by um, Fella Kuti.
0: Lovely, wicked. We got the, record,
1: the record is called... Um, 2000 black and um and Africa center of the world it's like a double it's an album that he did with with Royez great album should check it out but it was one of the f- it was the first time that Africa kind of made sense to me prior to that it was just this thing that was waved over your head as a place you were sent for punishment wow we've forgotten about like we're you know if yeah. we don't behave we're gonna send you to Ghana you know and we're gonna leave you there And then you're going to come to your senses and stop listening to hip hop. And, um, you know, and then we can accept you back into the family.
0: And then, so with that album, that, that fella album that you heard and that you bought in the market did, what was he talking about that then sparked this kind of, I mean,
1: he was talking about Africa being the center of the world and, you know, just all of these facts about that. I'd never really heard before. And it just made me look at the place in a really different, different light. And I suddenly started seeing the beauty of the place where I was and yeah. how much freedom I now had and how much, how many new things I could kind of delve into to kind of stimulate my mind and inspire me and teach me. So I was just like, great, cool. I'm in Ghana. Great. I'll stay. It's all good. And then I got sent back, but that was a enough. <laughs> and that for wow. me, I'm like, right, you know, you can make something of yourself mm. you and escape the neighborhood, You can be an individual. You can be rebellious. You can stand up for what you believe in. You can be the man that you know that you really want to be, as opposed to the person who society is pushing you to be. Mm. And that was just a really big moment for me. So that's where the um, Renaissance man came from.
0: Well, wow, that's huge. That's huge. So once you've come back from you've come back from Ghana and you're now back yeah. in the UK, yeah. what then are you kickstarting? Is it your DJing? Is it your poetry that like what what was the fact that you got into?
1: And I was just like, right, this DJing thing, my parents are so opposed to me doing it, and it's so against their values that I have to really show them that I can make something of this. Yeah. So I am about to go deep in the gaining of musical knowledge and musical experiences. And I really started to take it seriously, you know, and kind of plotting, you know, a plan of how I was going to make it into the music industry. And I'd always been writing the poetry anyway. So, um, you know, that was something that I just did. But the, um, you know, the music thing really took off for me because one thing that I was, I was at a school where I was one of only four black kids in the school at at the majority of the time that I was there. And um, it just kind of had a real impression on me because you're kind of facing racism and, you know, people's expectations of what you can and can't do. And music allowed me to have a voice. It allowed me to be someone in this school system. And, you know, that was a really big thing. And it gave me responsibility as well. You know, when someone asks you to DJ at their 18th birthday party, you know, you you can't kind of mess up. You suddenly realise how crucial you are to their success of the night. Yeah. And
0: talking of family actually this leads perfectly on to why you started Run Dem Crew yeah. because obviously I know that you started it in 2007 and you just again this the buzzword community felt like it was kind of lacking or yeah. I don't know like running clubs didn't really have much of that stuff going on and then obviously you've spoken about lots of young people and obviously this connecting with young people I guess apart from obvious things such as building community and staying fit why was Random Crew like so integral? Why did you start it? Like why has it now become like a bit of a lifestyle?
1: <laughs> Random Crew was a a personal quest of mine to counter the effects of a couple of social problems that we're seeing. One of them was the rise of social media. So Facebook had suddenly bec- you know it was becoming increasingly more popular. More and more people were kind of communicating. Offline, which meant that they weren't meeting up physically. Apple started making really powerful laptops. And so lots of recording studios started to close because people were now making music in their bedrooms. And then you've got the rise of people becoming successful for making music in their bedrooms, which means these community hubs where people would go to make music together were now closing down. You've got the rise of kind of youth unemployment and crime amongst youth and this idea that a lot of young people kind of felt very unsafe in the areas that they lived in and i taught this group of kids who lived in lewisham and they'd never been to oxford street and they were like 15 16 years old and they just like they were like they couldn't understand why you'd want to go there but even more importantly was the fact that they were living in lewisham but they never went to peckham and so i just was kind of thinking you know i need to do something I'm a problem, I'm not a problem solver, I'm someone who looks at where there are holes and then tries to fill them. So my idea was like, you know, I was working in education at the time, was teaching poetry and creative writing in schools. And I'm meeting loads of kids who are really disillusioned with education but are really enthusiastic about sport. And I realized that there's something about sports brands and the language of sport, the way sport is described, from a really basic level, even if you just watch a football game and listen to the commentary, it's quite poetic in the way that they speak. So I was using a lot of kind of imagery from sports brands and language from sports brands in my poetry lessons. And then finally, I, it kind of, the big thing for me was I, I worked with a group of kids and on a poetry project, and we won the London Teenage Poetry Slam. We went on the school exchange to Chicago. This whole group of kids kind of, their whole lives turned around. And then as soon as the project finished, one by one, they slowly started getting into trouble, really serious trouble. And then what I realised is, you you were kind of, it's quite dangerous to go into a school for a day, plant loads of ideas and then leave, you know, because with no one to hold their hand afterwards. And I thought to myself, why do I have to keep doing these short-term projects? It's because the arts industry doesn't have money anymore. Who's got the money? Sports industries have got money, why? because the Olympics are on their way. We're four years away from the Olympics. I was like, right, they're building this big Olympic park, um, you know, on my doorstep. They're saying that people in the community are going to be using it and using the facilities. We don't have a kind of, you know, a fitness community in the UK or even in London that's thriving. And my thing was like, right, call up five of my friends. I'd started running anyway. And I was like, you know, Maybe you want to come along. And then one of my friends was like, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, it seems really cool. And you seem to have changed as a person. You seem a bit more enthusiastic about life, a bit more curious about life. And whatever it is that you're doing, I want to come and do it with you. (laughs) You know what? Actually, I'm running really late at night. And after he kind of picked himself up from the floor, from rolling around in laughter he was like okay wicked great Friday night let's go and do it and that is kind of how you know Rund and crew progressed and I, I just literally was like I'm just going to call my friend who's a photographer because we need someone to actually prove that we're doing this thing because it's so out of the ordinary."
0: yeah document it you know yeah. we're going
1: to need um one guy who's basically you've got to have someone who's like will say yes to anything and then one of my friends is a dancer and I was like well I don't you know I've got this body but I use it as a spacesuit I don't really know what it does you know and he but you're a dancer so you know how the body works and we just kind of every Friday night we go and run a mile you know and that's how it all began
0: wow wow and now it's grown into this quite you know yeah, yeah massive massive um and to the point that now obviously random crew is a brand and then there's lots of sub brands that have kind of come out of it which is incredible and i think the way that you've been able to diversify random crew as a brand has been pretty pretty amazing um and i guess you're welcome obviously people will probably see your brand, sorry, and say, think, wow, Charlie, he just got here. He's just done it. Dun, 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 dun. It just all happened. Rome was built in a day. So here it was. (laughs) I mean, clearly it wasn't. But I guess, what have you had to overcome to get to a point where actually it's become this diversified brand? Um, Where? What have you had to overcome? Wow. I mean,
1: I would say one of the very first things we had to overcome was the scepticism from our own people that we were trying to get involved and also from the running... Mainstream running industry in itself that really wasn't very welcoming in the beginning
0: because you'd because you were making such a stamp within like
1: well I think one of the things is you know there was there seemed to be a lot of resentment from people who had been running running clubs for very long periods of time who hadn't been able to kind of have brand relationships and then there we were you know two years into our journey and we're working with the biggest sports brand in the world I think there was also A lot of resentment towards this idea that we from the very beginning were like running is for everyone and it needs to be more diverse you know people who are operating organizations that are maybe not diverse by choice or not diverse because they haven't actually realized that that's important kind of get very shirty when they get called out and so you know there was A lot of racism that we had to face in the beginning, you know, from people just kind of not being very nice about the fact that, you know, we had a crew that was kind of of colour and was diverse in both shape, size, and, you know, religion, gender. You know, my thing from the very beginning was like, this crew has to reflect the type of people that live in London. I don't want to see a picture of this crew and it doesn't represent the people who live in this city. And so you know, having to defend your crew from attacks from people who are like you know, she's too big to run, she's too slow, you know. And then obviously learning on the job because you suddenly go from running by yourself to your five mates, and the next time you look around, there's a hundred people behind you, and they all <laughs> crew. Yeah, too.
0: Um, yeah.
1: But I think the biggest obstacles we faced has definitely been in you know, in some of the brand relationships we've have we've had where they've been great for a period of time and then gone sour. You know, where you're in a situation where you're pulling in one way and the brand you're working with is pulling in another. That's always really hard.
0: And just to cut you there, sorry, because obviously you you come, you meet, two brands meet together, ideally with a a common goal. Mm -hmm. But as you said, you've kind of parted ways. Like, Is that something that you think you could have foresaw or is it something you just have to go through and then realise, oh, actually, no. Well, actually,
1: no. one of the things that I always say to people when they look at Run Them, I'm always like, you got to remember for like for the first year, it was probably like between five and ten people, twenty people who were doing it at the most. Also, Run Them Crew is the fifth idea that I've ever done, big idea that I've done. So I've had lots of preparation, ups and downs, and falls and learnings before I got to the point of making Run Them Crew. And as far as kind of like being in a situation where. You know, like, for example, we're in a situation now where we're under this lockdown. A lot of people kind of are either losing jobs or being furloughed or, you know, are kind of slightly panicking because they've never had to go through that before. Particularly a lot of young people I worked, you know, who I work with, who maybe are influencers and kind of have had quite an easy path into working with brands. And now they're like, well, I don't know what to do. I got dropped from Sony records around 2001. My band got dropped. We had a really big major label deal. And that for me was like a really big, like wake up, like whoa, um, because your whole life has been about, you know, achieving this moment. And then suddenly the moment is taken away from you. The obstacles that we've had to overcome and run them have been the best things that have ever happened because they've, they've brought us the, 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 the clarity and the growth to realize our potential. Wow, I think because lot, you now have
0: created like new limits for yourself. As in, you know, you broke yeah. down those barriers, and now, wow.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know, for a long time, I was just looking at this random crew thing as just like this little side thing that I did, and you know, I wasn't really paying much attention when people were like telling me. I remember sitting in a, in a meeting once with an insight company, and I don't know if your listeners know about you know what insight companies do, but essentially they pick people's brains, take that information sell it to companies who then use that to kind of inform your future. So um, I'm sitting in this Insight meeting and they're like, you know, Charlie Dark, you know, you're like a community leader, visionary. You know, you've nurtured this community, grown it. And I'm sitting there being like, whoa, like, I guess I have. I've never really thought about it in that way.
0: Why is it that you hadn't thought about it in that way until somebody stopped you and said that? Because
1: a lot of times when you're working with, brands they tell you what they think it is and you start to believe it yeah so So then how
0: important then is it how important is it then for you to even now to kind of always take those moments to step back and think about look back what you've achieved and think about what is it and like what is the goal what is like how often do you do that
1: that's a daily that is a daily step back from the situation observe it from a couple of different angles try and attack it in a different way
0: I don't know if you've noticed, but because obviously everyone has a lot, well, quote unquote, more spare time because obviously we're in lockdown. A lot more people have been running. Now for me, this has been, I'm absolutely loving it because it's like I've never seen a, a more active Britain. And it's been quite interesting seeing you know running communities that have existed beforehand now people who who'd never really ran before because they didn't have the time and let's be real like a lot of the time it is due to time that people don't feel like they can exercise properly Mm -hmm. or give it give um uh, yeah give give time to exercise yeah. um, but now they're now engaging in these pre-existing running communities Yeah. and I guess have you seen with Random crew like people who've now been like oh okay I've got this time to run and exercise and you you said earlier that what made rundem so unique was the fact that you were just quite diverse from the get before diverse was really the buzzword yeah. as well yeah. in 20, 2007 yeah. um, of different people running different kind of backgrounds different kind of abilities are you seeing like kind of an influx of people just kind of engaging in that as well yeah in your,
1: yeah lots I mean, to new people new faces out on the street lots of you know people who the running industry would not deem as your traditional runner seeing people out i think people are realizing the importance of movement and how that affects Mm -hmm. your happiness and mood and hugely
0: and productivity
1: and it's great however my thing is this it's not just about going out and grinding out the miles to then share on social media for brownie points. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that at the moment, you know, it's like, I want to run this in super incredible distance and I, you know, and I, or I see new runners going out and all the, di- all the conversations about, I ran that faster than I did yesterday. That will not be enough to fuel you for your a successful running career. Time, speed and distance is not enough
0: if people aren't doing this for a successful running career, but just as we were just talking, as you were saying about mental well-being and productivity and just getting your body active, then I guess, does that still, does that still apply?
1: Well, my thing is this, everyone can run. Running's within all of us. Uh, you know, you run for survival, run for food, run towards the one you love, run away from danger. But <laughs> yeah. the thing about running is When you start approaching it from a more mindful aspect, it rewards you tenfold. So if you're actually just thinking about, oh, well, I need to get, you know, the government's told me that I need to be moving and running's a really easy thing to do. So I'm just going to go out, run for as fast as I can for 20 minutes and come home. If that's what running, if that's the extent, then I'm just like, okay, cool. But actually, maybe what you could do is run more slowly, for less distance, taking more stops to work on your breathing, to think about what the run has taught you, what you saw on that run, what you heard in that run, what emotions you felt on that run, coming home and documenting those experiences, asking yourself the lesson of what you've learned, then deciding who you're gonna share that information with. That's how you inspire people to keep on running. That's how you inspire the people who are still sitting in the house being like, I'd love to join this new running boom, but I'm scared. I don't look at running in the same way that I looked at running when I was 15 in 1985. A lot of people still look at running with this very old school kind of mentality that it's about grinding out miles and it's all about speed. And the further you go, the better of a runner you are. People have been doing that for thousands of years. The conversation the, the conversation has got to change at some point.
0: Why do you think that that's still held up in society is why people run? Why has it not been broken down?
1: Because there's not enough people within the industry who are kind of talking about it in a different way because people look at you... And talk about you like, you know, that you're crazy when you start talking about, about that. And I know that personally, where I sit in meetings and people are just looking at me like, you know, the dilemma that people always have is this random crew thing is really successful. You know, it's cool, it's kind of global. We want a part of it, but the ideas behind it are too maverick and off the wall. So, this is another reason why, you know, when you talked about kind of diversifying into, different brands, you know, my thing is kind of like, I can't wait for the industry to catch up with the way that we're thinking, you know, because coming, you know, as a young black person growing up in London in the eighties, I grew up in an environment where it's like, we were setting the culture. We weren't following. We had our own super underground culture that we were doing. The street basically, you know, and that's, you know, black, white, Indian, whatever, like the street culture determined where mainstream culture was heading. My job with Running Crew is not to replicate what's already happening in the running world. My job is to inform where it's going to end up. If I'm just replicating what's happening now, I'm not doing my job.
0: And do you, do you have an idea of like where it's going to go and where it is going?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's going to go in a more mindful direction because people are realizing that actually you get to the point where you face burnout because you've done every race that you can possibly can, you've <laughs> yeah. every PB that you can. You've do you mean you've had you've run when I first started running them, the fastest guy in the crew was running a marathon in five and a half hours. We thought he was God. So when you're trying to reach people who are difficult to reach, you people who are like, bruv, man's not running, I'm not doing it, bruv, I'm not doing it. But you know that even half a mile a day, a quarter of a mile a day, ten minutes a day would be so good for their mental health. You know? And as a lot of those people started traveling around the world and meeting, being around different people and just getting different experiences and realizing their power and stepping into their light and gaining their confidence. It's like when it came around for the Renaissance, the way they rolled is just a lot more, It's just different? The energy is different, Mm. a lot more positive energy. And subsequently the music becomes more successful because the energy around it is more positive, still got its hard edge, but just there's a positivity about it now.
0: Mm. I just could you just um I mean I don't know what you think about this because I think you know maybe a couple maybe only like two years ago I would have been like oh if you're not if you're sleeping you're losing out you're moving out but now in this time I've actually realized how important rest is yeah and when I say rest I don't mean being a sluggard or you know being lazy Mm -hmm. I mean as in that you're because your body needs to time to replenish to then go again Mm -hmm. would you just like could you just like share your thoughts on that and like what you think about rest and actually the importance you're you're saying running for 10 minutes can be the same for running for an hour but how important is rest in that whole thing
1: rest is crucial to the success of your career Mm and the length of your career there is a reason why lots of people burn out after three years. You're not. We're not getting the Quincy Joneses and uh, you know, the old jazz guys who've just been in the industry for 40, 50, 60 years, still doing what they're doing, still at the top of their game. We have people who come in and for three years they're the top guy and then they disappear. Because a lot of us buy into this idea of like, well, the people we look up to, they're grinding. You've got just as much Many hours in your day as Beyoncé has. Look what she did.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, hold on a minute. What about the team of a hundred people that basically help her achieve what she achieves?
0: Wow, Charlie, that was really, really good. Thank <laughs> you so much just for sharing some of your insights and some of your wisdom. um oh, man, uh, just, you know, Yeah, really.
1: I love what you. Guys oh, sorry, did. go ahead. I'm just like. Yeah, it, thank you. It's an important resource.
0: Mm, definitely definitely me
1: to support people like yourself because that's the realness you know what i really like about the times we're living in right now is a lot of the loudest voices that have crowded the airways for so long because they have gone quiet now it's allowing all these new people to have their voice heard and their opinions their ideas heard and so we're like this is the if you if you're looking to learn stuff about yourself or about the world or about an industry that you're trying to get into this is the golden hour right now
0: oh charlie thank you so much honestly really appreciate you for coming on this episode cool thanks for listening to the life and sports podcast big up yourselves make sure you follow me on all socials at life in playlists